Well, Patty, this was such a great episode today. I know it's such a hot topic on cryptocurrency acceptance. Our audience yeah. is just going to love this one. I know it's going to. I mean, I loved it. I could have, I could have kept the interview going for another hour. It was so yeah. informative. I think that a lot of people out there are like you and I. They don't know a whole lot about crypto. Right. Uh, I think after listening to this uh, podcast, you're going to know a lot more, and I think you're going to want to jump on it personally Absolutely. if not not jump on it necessarily to sell it but certainly to understand it better uh with the with the uh, goal of eventually selling it Absolutely. And then, Patty, tell us about the Insiders Report and maybe also mention our sponsor since there's a little bit of a correlation there. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, the uh, the Insiders Report is on B2B payments. You know, James, a few weeks ago, presciently uh, predicted that it's going to be a big topic in 2022. I brought some uh, other articles that uh, seem to say the same thing. And uh, this really dovetails a lot with our sponsor, except Blue. Um you know, they, they have a B2B solution that is going to, um, I think, really change the course of uh, merchant sales in the B2B space. Absolutely. And if you want to learn more about them, you can go to accept.blue. So there's no .com or .net. It's just accept.blue. Um, it's a processor agnostic gateway. Um, this is actually the last week that they're the sponsor of our podcast for this particular uh, period of time. And then we have another sponsor next week. So um, definitely, definitely take a minute right now. If you haven't done so yet, if you support the podcast, if you enjoy it, take a second, pull over on the side of the road, you know, whatever you need to do, pull out your phone or your tablet or your laptop right now and go to accept.blue and just request a demo, request more information. Um, it's really a, really a great gateway. Uh, and I, I think it's something you're gonna, really going to like. Also, of course, we have, uh, I think the ebook will be coming out about the same time as you're listening to this, but the ebook coming out. I was just going to mention that, yes. How to dominate B2B payments in uh, in 2022. So definitely check that out as well. Yeah, I think you're going to, I think you're going to really enjoy the, the ebook. Um, I think it's going to get your juices going and uh, get you out there, uh, you know, selling more B2B because that's where it's at. Yeah. And then I guess I'll mention the questions in the field. Same topic. I talk about crypto acceptance. So think of mine as the, uh, you know, crypto acceptance for dummies uh, section. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Right. So we start with an interview with Eric and I'm not going to lie. I mean, it, it gets into the weeds. You're going to have to pay attention. There's some some really like deep, interesting stuff about cryptocurrency. Um, you need that information um, to become start becoming an expert. But then if you if you catch my my questions in the field, I get really, really just like nitty gritty of why on earth should you offer this to merchants? How do you offer it to merchants? How do you position it? Because a lot of merchants think cryptocurrency is terrible. Um, and then secondly, I talk about the opportunity with card not present. So more of implementation and again, kind of crypto acceptance for dummies there. So excellent. And so shall we uh, get going? Let's go. Welcome to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Hey everybody, Patty and I are here today with Eric Brown, who's the founder and CEO of Crypto Bucks. How are you doing today, Eric? I'm doing great, James. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Uh, we are just so excited to have this conversation today. It's such a hot topic. You know, is it time for small and medium business owners to start accepting cryptocurrency? I think it's overdue to have this conversation. But before we dive into that, Eric, give us a little background. You know, what's your journey been like in the payments industry? How did you end up founding and and uh, and now running CryptoBucks? So I, I, you know, I think I'm the typical kind of payments person that's come up through the payment industry. So I started back in 96 working for an ISO in Washington, D.C. Uh, and, uh, you know, feet on the street like a lot of people did kind of back then. Um, started Alliant Payments in 2003. 
Right. And um, same kind of model, outside agents, you know, registered with First Data, you know, so it's a very typical with the payment industry with what a lot of our peers are. Um, I, I would probably say we moved into e-commerce probably a few years after that, maybe two to three years after that. We kind of started specializing in e-commerce accounts and, and harder to place risk accounts. Um, it, it was just a better fit for us and there were, you know, a little bit more margins there and did that for a long time, successful at that, you know, and, um, I would say probably got a little bored even at times, you know, it was like, there was a lot, not really a lot new in our industry, you know, for quite some time. So right. disinterested almost at times, um, had a friend from the payment industry actually bring me into crypto. Uh, Josh Finkelman is his name and, um, he started BXE Capital, which is uh, Colorado's first digital asset uh, hedge fund. And so I decided, I was just curious about the Bitcoin. One day I said, tell me about the Bitcoin. I know nothing about it, yeah. zero. Tell me about the Bitcoin. So he tells me about the Bitcoin. Could not wrap my head around it. But I was like, that just doesn't make sense to me, you know? <laughs> Um, like most people in the payment industry as well, you know, you're, you're very ingrained to what you've learned and done for so long. It's a little difficult to open your mind to. So, um, give me about a year of investing in the hedge fund and talking to Josh. And then one day I just said, why can't we do this for payments? Why can't we accept cryptocurrency for payments? And uh, he said, yeah, there's, there's a couple of companies out there. You could check it out. And, and he warned me. He said, look, the adoption's going to take some time. Be forewarned. But it, it's probably a good path to go down. And um, we started in the very end of 2017, beginning of 2018, developing a cryptocurrency product. And um, so that's where we really got into it. And um, from there really was the, the uh, CryptoBox was really born from there. Um, we built it web-based the first time, built it web-based the second time, kind of like payment gateway style, scrapped that both times, didn't necessarily like it. Um, we did do a deal with the Miami Dolphins. Our kind of our claim to fame was the very first cryptocurrency deal ever in the NFL. Um, awesome. That was with Charlie Lee from Litecoin. And also uh, that was under the Alliant payments. Um, but their time was a charm, guys. Once we, once we, we had the concept for CryptoBucks for quite some time, uh, but once we actually build that out in an app, um, it was a home run, knocked it out of the park. So very pleased with with that last and final round. And and there you go. Yeah. There's there's the, the birth of CryptoBucks. But, you know, actually, they use the analogy rather than a home run. It should have been a touchdown. Yes. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> you know, it, it funny because Galaxy Digital claimed to do the very first deal in the in the NFL with the giants and, uh -huh. and that was this last year and that was not the case. So uh, yeah. we were actually the very ones, the first ones to do that with the payment processing. And um, so that was a little bit of our claim to fame, you yeah. know, was yeah, yes, absolutely. was was throwing the touchdown in the, in the crypto, in the crypto world go. in the NFL. Yeah. Right. Now we got the analogy, right? So, um, right. So, so Eric, you know, the big question our audience is, is all thinking right now <clears throat> is, you know, is this really the right time? You know, as you mentioned, adoption does take a while. Cryptocurrency has a lot of publicity, a lot of, you know, um, sizzle to it. But is there any stake there? And, you know, kind of, you know, they're not a big share of the wallet yet, all these things. So here's my question. Is this the right time for small and medium businesses, maybe just certain verticals? I'm just curious. You know, is this the right time for them to accept cryptocurrency? And if so, why? 
Yeah, so it, it it is the right time. You know, if you were to ask me the question last year, or the year before, I would say it's really up in the air. You know, it's it's you have some some business owners that are real enthusiasts. Uh, cryptocurrencies, especially Bitcoin, is a phenomena. You know, it really is. You know, um, there there is no stopping Bitcoin, or you know, the the train left the station. You know, right. so it's and, and and it's a bullet train. You know, it really is. <laughs> um, so I, I would say that to it, honestly, the end of 2021, the last two quarters, we started to see a lot more interest uh, from business owners, people in the payment industry. And it was really started with the more forward thinking business owners, the business owners that are very tech savvy, that like tech, work in tech. Um, so they were automatically attracted to us because we had a product that nobody else really had in payments. Um, right. So we saw that uh, high ticket items, you know, higher risk accounts. So there was use case scenario there, you know, in those markets, which we already knew, but we were kind of waiting for them to develop a little bit. And we realized you really couldn't go out and, you know, you really couldn't go out and do the hard sell. It was more of a educate them and kind of, you know, let them know what your product was about. And you're gauging interest. Is this person a crypto enthusiast or not? Then you really got into 2000, the end of 2021, beginning of 2022. And this, this doesn't really have anything to do with price volatility and so on and so forth, but you're seeing the, the, you know, the bigger plays of MicroStrategy, Tesla, um, you know, some of the comments that you're seeing of people that are involved in it, whether it's Mark Cuban and these very notable names that are big entrepreneurs. And so a lot of people follow that. And um, that is what's gained a lot of interest. And so now I think that the products are a little bit more developed, easier to use. And, you know, it is a 100% go for all businesses when it comes to cryptocurrency. And, and it is much larger than you guys might even think. I mean, it is, it is a very, very large project when it comes to crypto, crypto payments, and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh... That's that's what I've gathered as well. But, you know, I've been as I mentioned before we started the interview, I've been I've been doing a lot of interviewing on this topic lately for an article I'm preparing for the green sheet and um, a consultant that I spoke with yesterday, um, just yesterday, mentioned to me uh, this is crypto payments is going to be driven by the merchant, um, you know, um, not the consumer, as in as some in some cases, these you know retail payment things are driven, right, right. Um, and so I'm wondering if you agree with that, but also you know what kind of business owners you know I know you mentioned some of these high ticket, but it seems to me that, uh, for example, e-commerce would be a logical place, correct, um, for this, right? Um, correct. You know, it, do you see a lot of interest out there in you know? regular SMBs, you know, not just the, not the Teslas of the world, but, you know, the, the Joe's Crab Shack or whatever, you know? Um. I, well, I wouldn't say Joe's Crab Shack. So to answer the first part, uh, you know, really of the question is, um, you know, I, I definitely think there's a lot of interest. Do I think it's going to be merchant driven? Uh, no, I think it will be partly merchant driven, but, you know, uh, this is going to be driven by the consumer and, you know, typically payments is, it is really driven by the consumer, you know, what are, what do they like to use? So if you really look at the younger generation that's coming up, you know, is this a, 
a generation that uses checks, you know, obviously not that's, right. that's gone for that generation, you know? So, you know, do they want the card in their wallet? They don't really want the card either. You know, mm -hmm. they want everything on your phone and that's really what, you know, cryptocurrency is in the payment world. It's, it's driven from your mobile device. So, um, I would lean more towards a consumer driving it, you okay. know, than really the merchant. But I do think it's a combination of both where let's say when we saw debit card adoption, yeah, it was great for the merchant, but the consumer really liked it, right? It was very right. easy, it was you know, super easy to use. So um, outside of the larger corporations, what we've seen, you know, we've seen a lot in the automotive industry, motorsports, um, boat dealers, manufacturers, of course, those are high ticket items, jewelry, you know, jewelry, high ticket jewelry items. So you definitely are seeing the regular small business or medium sized business that is interested Mm -hmm. especially if you present the product that works for them and really you gotta have to be you really have to be liquidating into a fiat currency at this point mm -hmm. um you know to make it a little bit more attractive um but there's definitely benefits to those businesses and then of course you just have the crypto enthusiasts that are business owners and a lot of the younger generation right that's what they look to sure yeah and ultimately i mean it's a two-sided market right so ultimately to get it mainstream. I agree with you. I think it's the consumers are going to put the pressure on to say, you know, as a collective group, we want to pay with crypto. And then yeah. it's going to be those businesses are going to be rewarded. You know, I, I really, I think of it actually very similar to Apple Pay, you know, meaning in, in some ways, as far as merchant acceptance, right? It was like, early right. on, it was kind of like, do they really care about this? Well, now for consumers like me, you know, my generation, I mean, if a business doesn't accept Apple Pay, I kind of have a problem with that. Like, I actually mm -hmm. really want to pay with my phone now. You know, right? I, just the right. other day, I went to a business and I actually forgot my wallet because I'm not used to like yep. needing it anymore. And right. I yeah. forgot my wallet at the office. I went to grab some food and they didn't accept Apple Pay, and I went somewhere else. I'm like, I don't even have my wallet with me. I have my phone. That's yeah. how I pay for stuff. You know. So yeah. I think, and, and, you know, in the same yeah, way, what, I feel like it's going to develop. You know, what 100. You know, and and they say, you know, what would you rather lose, your wallet or your phone? You know, and I think everybody says their wallet. Absolutely. You know, so think of that. So, yeah. um, you know, there is a dynamic shift when it comes to our industry right now. And I mean, it's happening. It's happening right yeah. in, in front of our face. You know, we've been in it since 2017. So we've seen this development. And even Josh, who is the, the managing partner of our hedge fund, said, do you feel what's going on in 2022? Do you see what's happening and i was like yeah the flood the, the doors open the yeah. floodgates i mean it's there like yeah, we've like been so waiting that. for it yeah. but now we're like wow yeah. it is like right here so so here's what i want to do eric we you know i think we've we've really established this concept that crypto acceptance is at very at the very least interesting right now yeah <clears throat> and so for our audience of agents and isos they're they're thinking about this but I want to like now dig in, like, let's talk about the details of this, right? Cause they have no mm -hmm. idea how this works. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No one does. Yeah, I, I had right. no idea how it worked. Like three months <laughs> right. ago, I had no idea. Literally last week, you know, I have a background as a developer as well, uh, a software developer. And, and so I can code a little bit. So I just last week, I watched this whole YouTube series and literally like coded my own cryptocurrency concept. Yes. Just to, like, see, like, yes. how does this work? Like, you know, <clears throat> so I'm trying to dive deeper into it. I know a lot of people are. So help us understand how this works. So a business owner 
they want to be able to accept cryptocurrency. That doesn't mean that they actually want to hold it or they want to expose themselves to the volatility. So talk yeah. about how this really works for the merchant. Yeah. So, you know, under, you know, I guess understanding payments like we did, we knew that there were a few items that had to be addressed. You know, top of the list was volatility. You can't be in payments and expect them to go settle out transactions when they know nothing about cryptocurrency, trading cryptocurrency, where to trade it where to find technical data, where to find algorithm data on trading. So uh, you had to become a cryptocurrency trader, number one. Um, so we had to, we, we also had to make it cost effective, but you know, right there with the volatility was ease of use. I mean, you have something that is, a, is somewhat of an intimidating subject, you know, even for somebody like yourself, who's got some developer knowledge, um, it is somewhat intimidating, you know, that it is advanced technology. And so when we got to work with it, we said, okay, we, you've got to have an app. You've got to be able to send an invoice out and say, okay, well, let's get this paid. You know, whether that's in a retail environment or an e-commerce checkout page or, you know, so we had the ability of let's create an invoice and we will put the crypto addresses on there. The cryptocurrency will come in. We will be the custodial of that cryptocurrency. Okay, well, how do you do that? Well, now you've got to go find a custodial provider for cryptocurrency. You can't just sit there and hold cryptocurrency on some server. Right. Um, so now there's a whole backend network there of putting your cryptocurrency in custody. Of course, you're going to have to risk monitor those transactions as well. So we're like, okay, now you've got to risk monitor what's coming in on these addresses. You know, now we're going to have to address the volatility. How do we liquidate cryptocurrency? But make sure that we can guarantee USD payout. Okay, we have a $500 transaction coming in, but Bitcoin isn't the fastest transaction in the world. You know, it does take time to get your confirmations, right. move on the block, get it transferred over. Right. Now, in a cross-border payments, it's 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 lightning fast compared to what you have to do within the banking world. But that didn't help us in volatility factor. Um, so what we realized that if we used uh, the transactional data, the hash rate transaction ID that gets issued from the blockchain, that happens very fast, like almost instantaneously. And if we use that info, we were able to trigger uh, an API call on our end. And what we did is we liquidated cryptocurrency that we held in inventory. Okay, so, we, so that's the ticket. Is what you have in it? What I'm giving away a little inventory. bit of the secret sauce. No, guys. but I've I'm wondered away about the secret sauce. Yeah, I've right. wondered about that because everybody says, "Oh, we convert it," and I'm like, "How can you convert it?" How? That how? Right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And, and people do it in different ways, but the simplicity of it is this: think of it like you're buying a pair of shoes, right? You buy a size eight Nike. Okay, Nike, you owe me uh -huh. a little something for that. Um, you take it out of stock. Okay. Well, we stock Nikes. Okay. When I see somebody's going to buy one, I don't wait for it to come in. Right. I take my shoe box out, I sell it. And then, Hey, that other shoe might come in in 15 minutes or 20 minutes. But what I'm doing is, is I'm trading crypto at the same value at the same time. Mm -hmm. So you have to get out of a fiat mindset and you have to think Satoshi's you've got to think crypto, not fiat. Okay, if I've got 10.12345 Bitcoin coming in, I don't really care what the dollar value is. It makes no difference to me. I need to liquidate 
10.12345 Bitcoin at that exact same time. Mm -hmm. And that's how I control the volatility. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Okay. Was, yeah. Yeah. So okay. let's let, let's unpack some of this though. So so okay. So number one, uh, and I we know this, but for our audience, what is a fiat currency? Can you give us the definition? Right. So fiat currency is anything, you know, any currency that's backed by government, right? So the right. US dollar is a fiat currency, the yuan. Um, any any the government, euro, the currency. pound, yeah, okay. all, all of them, right? All That's right. fiat currency. So, and it's a very common language when you talk within cryptocurrency. They don't say USD; they say fiat. Right, right. It's just natural so, for them, right? You know, so when we talk about liquidating to fiat, we're of course saying, hey, this merchant received a crypto payment, but they don't want a crypto payment; they want a fiat, or in this case, a U.S. currency payment. Correct. So let me just zoom out for one second and restate this and make sure I'm saying this correctly. So from the merchant's perspective, when we boil this down into simplicity, the merchant is paying crypto bucks a small percentage of the transaction in order to eliminate the volatility so that when they re yes. receive a crypto payment that's worth 500 at the time of transaction, you guarantee that they are actually going to get $500 in a fiat currency, in this case, USD, deposited to their bank account. Is that accurate? Correct. That's accurate. So there's a lot of moving parts in the background uh, Sure. when it comes to technology and providers and so on and so forth, uh, and the payouts and everything else. But yes, that is the structure of it for us to be able to control the volatility. You know, obviously in payments, you, you can't have that volatility. Right. So that's the structure that we use to be able to control that. And then, of course, having the ability of moving fiat or USD um, in and out. Okay, mm -hmm. but specifically for merchants, it's making sure that you're able to do the payouts. Um, and that's finding the right financial institutions to partner with. And not any different than we do in the credit card world, correct? What do you do? You go and you register with a bank. And right. that bank registration means that you can now, now go out and sell those payment products. Right, right. Let me just, if, if I can just interject another question on here. I mean, mm -hmm. we talk about the volatility, but there are cryptocurrencies that are less volatile, right? Like correct, the, stable coins. You, yeah, right. U.S. dollar coin is the one I'm thinking yep. of. Yep, USDC. Correct. Right. So if I am transacting in U.S. Um, D.C., right, uh, and there's not as much volatility, is it that as important for you to do the conversion on the back end? Just curious. So, yes, because of, you know, regulatory compliance, risk monitoring, the payouts and so on and so forth, the structure right. there. Now, if you want to go ahead and move USDC directly to your own wallet and then go ahead and settle that out via one of the exchanges, mm -hmm. you can do that. Now, they're okay. going to charge you as well. Right. There's um, going to be a, a, a time lag in that as well. Right, right. right. Yeah. But the nice thing about stable coins is, is now you've eliminated the volatility issue. So stable coins will be a very key strategic role when it comes to payments, especially. And that's what you see with the XRP ripple you know they should be out of the sec case in no time but you know cross-border payments uh there is no competition the swift network it will will be done and over with when right. it comes to that uh, there's just it doesn't compete i mean right, you know, cross-border right. payments on crypto much faster uh much more cost effective and there is absolutely no way the swift network will be able to compete with that so that presumably also is why the um the regulators the central banks are getting involved in terms of having, uh, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, some sort of, you know, uh, in our case, it would be like a Fed-backed cryptocurrency, right? Um, is is that their reason for getting so involved? Because 
there isn't going to be a reason for a SWIFT, and you're going to need some sort of regulatory oversight for these cross-border payments. Um, yes your... and no. Okay. Uh, it, it, I guess it's who you who you talk to and, and who you you know believe. It's like, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer that once you get 10, 15 years down the road, that you know a regulatory body over currency will not be needed. This is purely structured by technology software, math, and there will not be the influences of countries and agendas and political agendas, you know, okay. and really the world can use a currency that any up and coming nation or developed nation or whatever can move funds around. And that's right. going to be stable tokens. I think that, yes, there's a, a, a hand being forced uh, because they feel the pressure coming from cryptocurrency and stable coins. And now they're sitting back going, we need to develop some sort of central bank digital coin, which I'm sure they will come about. But the whole central bank system with how they work with the SWIFT network, it's archaic. I mean, when you work in what we work in for the last three years and you look at SWIFT network, if I was to sit down and tell you how quickly we can do a cross-border payment for millions of dollars compared to wiring something through the swift network it's i mean it's night and day the differences so um this is a world of, of convenience speed efficiency cost effectiveness and swift is none of those things yeah you know it's interesting because um i date back many many you know several decades in the payment space and i remember when swift was first coming on and everybody was like this is going to be the fastest most efficient <laughs> <laughs> Fast forward yeah. 40 years and here we are again. And, you know, it's amazing for me, from my perspective, to see how much this yes. has changed. Yes. If, if you don't mind, I'd like to segue a little bit to wallets, okay? Yeah. Um, you know, as it stands right now, you know, even among those those merchants that are accepting crypto or, you know, or choose to accept it, you know, pretty much a, a small percentage of their transactions right now are in crypto. I think we would, we yes, would agree yes, on that, very right? small. That is correct. You yes. know, so how do you see this becoming mainstream? You know, you know what time, what kind of uh, timeline do you see for this becoming sort of uh, a mainstream payment uh, form factor? So there's going to be some drivers to that, you know, and I'll, I'll really three instances. You know, you see Facebook change their name to Meta. Of right. course, building, you know, the metaverse won't get into that. That's a whole nother conversation. Whole we could conversation. go on for hours yeah. on that one. Uh, you know, Square changing their name to Block, PayPal, uh, you know, creating a stable coin. And Visa may be a little bit quiet, but they've been working well, on it. Visa's in for, there doing stuff, and so is Mexico. They've been working on it for a couple of years. Yeah. yeah, they have a whole office, right. you know, geared towards this. So, um, those factors right there, and then you have companies like CryptoBox, you know, that are innovators as well. Um, those factors are going to drive that adoption and push that adoption. And then what you're going to see is there's going to be a, a race to see who gets there first. Mm -hmm. And it's a land grab. It's a market share grab right now. It's not transactions. I mean, I don't pay attention to transactions. It's fun to see them once in a while. You know, we saw a, a nice Ethereum transaction over the weekend. Um, so I, you know, I would say that you really give it somewhere between, you know, three and five years for a true adoption to happen because now you've got, you know, you could take, uh, you know, money from your, your, your payroll and invest in cryptocurrency. You know, you have uh, funds that are, you know, investing in cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. Of course, some of the largest financial institutions hold cryptocurrency and some of the largest, you know, 
Um, also, uh, VC funds holding cryptocurrency right. as well, BlackRock, things along those lines. So, you know, those are those are people that, you know, there's a lot of power there, you know, and they're going to be drivers of, of adoption. But it's, and again, those drivers are going to are going to ripple down to the SMB market as well, do you believe? Yeah. So, you know, you're going to see, I think, you know, I see a lot of cool up and coming businesses and business models. Another thing that happens, guys, is there is a complete economy and architecture and structure that's being built around blockchain just in general. And so this sure. is going to create a brand new just, you know, business models that people are going to be able, be able to sell to from small business models, medium business models to large business models. So you're also going to have that as well. But it will trickle down. I think retail will be the last adopter um, because what you need is you need speed at point of sale, mm -hmm. um, which is not really quite there yet. You know, and it depends. Some transactions, um, you look at something like Dash is very fast or Litecoin transaction is very fast. Um, so I think it'll trickle down from the high risk markets, e-commerce markets cross-border payments, and then eventually they'll get into the e-commerce retail markets, and then it eventually will trickle down into straight retail. You know, what, one thing that's uh, one other quick question, and then I, I do want to get to, um, you know, how agents and ISOs can work with CryptoBucks for sure. But one other quick question would be, as you look at the you know, all the different cryptocurrencies that are out there, you just brought up the issue of speed. And of course, you know, Bitcoin and others were designed really to be slow as a avoidance of fraud, right? So right. it takes yep. a while to, to change the, the blockchain because if it was instantaneous, it would be more prone to fraud. So do you see other cryptocurrencies, you know, do you see as it gets into retail over the next three to five years, do you see it being other cryptocurrencies that are more popular in those scenarios specifically because there's not as much fraud, there's not as much concern for that, it's more about the speed? Yeah, so you're going to see a, a, a shift in, in cryptocurrency. So I'll correlate that to the internet. Okay. You know, we saw AOL, you saw, you know, Netscape, you know, you saw Yahoo, which I think they're still around a little bit. Uh, um, you know, MySpace. so, right, MySpace, right, you know. So you're you're seeing these these internet type projects, right? And now you're now you're implementing Web three. Again, that's a whole nother conversation at another time as well. So, um, you know, I, I do think that you'll see cryptocurrencies that are geared towards payments. It's really the stable coins. Also, you're going to see all of these cryptos that come out that are for very unique projects. We do a lot of staking and liquidity pools and things along those lines and decentralized exchanges because there's some very unique interesting projects when it comes to decentralized finance and things along those lines so as you see the creation the architecture and like i said guys in the background it's way bigger than you all think i mean yeah. it yeah. is big it's big and there's a lot of money in it um when you guys have as soon as jack dorsey stepped down from twitter i knew exactly what that day i was like he's going full bitcoin he's all in he's all in on it and then boom look they they changed their name to block so um, yes, you'll see the development of that, not any different than you've seen Cardano and Solana, you know, right. that might be more effective than the Ethereum platform. Um, you know, and then of course I have my little projects that I like some of the different coins and what they do. So yeah, absolutely. You're going to see that a lot of innovation, a lot of innovation yeah. coming. Love it. Love and, it. And, and I know this is off, off subject, but I just have to throw it in there because I've seen these always go off subject because it's such all a right, cool right. topic. Don't so don't worry about it. <laughs> 
but uh, the whole idea of NFTs, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You bet. And maybe uh-huh. you could, if you could just sort of explain that to our listeners, because I've been enthralled with that. And I think that uh-huh. that definitely ties in with crypto, because not only does it use blockchain, but, you know, these guys are creating these things and selling them to each other. And I mean, right, right. I'm so astounded not- at what people are paying for some of these things. Right. <laughs> it's it's great when you even ask people what an NFT means and they're like, uh, yes, non-fungible yeah, I know. Token, the first time so. somebody said it to me, it was like <laughs> non-fungible. Oh, it must be a payment, right? <laughs> right. Yes. Non-fungible token. So what does that do? Uh, you know, that is something that is created and, and just really shows the authenticity um of you know really anything you know anything right. of ownership but specifically right now in the digital world technically right. you could have an nft for a physical object as well but it mostly uh, is digital yeah mostly digital correct so what you have now are these platforms and, and things are dabbling you know, don't get me wrong the nft market is very frothy right now mm-hmm. it's very new you're probably mm-hmm. going to see a big pullback there i expect and then, that yeah right and then boom it, it's it's going to take off again so um the nft we're we're building rails into the nft marketplace is very very important there there's going to be a lot of activity there mm-hmm. a lot of creativity there so right now what you're seeing is you know music music rights that then come with an nft the nft right. is your your authenticity and also your proof of ownership right um that could be digital art you know i that have a could, lot I've of friends that are doing it in art i mean i'm, yes. I'm astounded yeah. at the money they're making doing their art that uh way. nike just created a, a yes. an nft uh, you know of a shoe right. i have a concept uh, uh as, as well i'll it's basically creating almost like you know purses but in an nft market where I'm going to add a digital wallet to it. It's actually going to be a, an actually working NFT environment. So there's things along those lines. There's, it's, it's kind of, you know, there's a lot that you can do there um, with the NFT marketplace. And I see as that matures, guys, there'll be full payment rails built into that because That's we need to I be able that. to. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Right. We're working with some companies right now on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know checkout.com is, is very forward thinking on that. We've had chats with them about it um so yes nfts will be will play a big role and and there will be a lot of opportunities within the payment industry for that okay okay so yeah yeah no good stuff so as we kind of wrap this up i i do want to take a moment here because i know a lot in our audience maybe zoned out at some point here you know these are (laughs) agents who are many of them still trying to wrap their head around selling a smart terminal rather than a standalone terminal right 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 so so for these agents who say like okay i think crypto's cool i think it could be something i think i'd like to sell that to my merchants right Mm -hmm. so what do you say to those agents you know what's the rationale for them now to start i know there's not a ton of money in it you know right now you know crypto by itself so why should they go and sell it um, and then tell them where you would send them to learn more about partnering with crypto bucks and maybe even touch on the fact your process are agnostic and all the, you know, the, the, the great, the, right, right. The so ISOs want to know. the reasons why to sell it first was, was the notoriety and the marketing because, you know, look, payment company, let's be realistic here. Diamond doesn't, you know, they're everywhere. So as soon as we took off into crypto, we have well over 200 media write-ups in the last three years. It's actually probably quite a bit more than that even now. So you're getting a lot of marketing and notoriety and and organic type marketing because now you're tapping into the cryptocurrency enthusiast world and and it has a following. It is a, you know, 
um, Bitcoin maximalists are are pretty hardcore when it comes to you know crypto. So um, there's that. The second was a differentiator. You know, people in payments are always looking to say, "What? Why go with me?" Okay. Well, you you could all be using a Thesis network or a Fiverr network or or whatever it may be. But what makes you different? Well, maybe you developed your own payment gateway and it has a certain niche. Why did you develop that? Well, you know, you you want to be different. Cryptocurrency makes you different. It makes you a forward thinker. You're bringing another product to it. It's a differentiator. Um, cryptocurrency has brought us some of the largest traditional processing accounts that we have on the books right now. Not only can we bring crypto payments, but we've talked a couple banks into taking cryptocurrency deals on the traditional side. Uh, very recently, a couple really nice deals. So. It then now has opened doors, mm-hmm. right? And that's what you're looking in payments. You're looking to open those doors, you know. Um, and so those are the real reasons now. And now it's also it's a learning factor. Once you get involved in it, right. when we tell people that are really interested, do you invest? No, go open a wallet and go invest. That will show you the movement of crypto mm-hmm. and how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was very important. So yes, it's something that you should definitely add. We've been very successful with it. Um, I don't know if you want us to go over kind of what the program well, well, that we have two, briefly. The only two or... things I wanted to cover was just to kind of clarify the processor agnostic, because I know obviously you still have Alliant Payments and all these other things. So ISOs and agents are going to want to know, can I partner with CryptoBucks even though I sell for this other company on the payment process. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, let me go over that. You know, Alliant Payments is 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 really the back end processor piece. We don't promote it. It that they don't even have a website. You know, this is really the back end piece. We don't want to compete with any other payment companies at all. Um, we have our retail product in CryptoBox. That's what everybody sees. Um, but we have three programs right now. We have a straight agent program that uh, allows you to, you know, sell and rep the CryptoBucks product. It's very easy, you know, with revenue shares and and create your own pricing. We developed the program based on, you know, a reseller agent. We have another program that is a branded partner, um, a little bit more involved, right? You're, there's a sign-up fee to that, There's but there's better pricing to it. There's a lot more control, but you get your own brand in there. You know, you get your logo. And we knew people that we had a lot of requests for that. Yeah, that's and awesome. that was something that, that people wanted. So we, we said, okay, let's create that tier for, for because there's all levels of payments, right? You've right. got these yeah. behemoths and, and Stripe, and then you've got the one-off guy that's got a great little network and he's got a niche. Uh, the third is a full white label partner program and uh, uh, full SDKs that are developed for any technology partner to come in and go ahead and tie into us. Um, so if you want to think wholesale acquiring, modeled after that, right? Um, so we have the payout, you know, in the background, we're doing the trades, we're doing the risk monitoring, we're doing the custody, and we're doing the payment payouts on the front end. Whatever technology you have, you have a payment gateway, you have an app, you want to develop that, you need to be able to, you know, we've got web hooks and you get that information back into your technology and you can, can be your complete whole front end UI. And um, there was a lot of requests for that as well. You know, people have their own brand and they said, hey, we really want to be in crypto, but we want to be able to get it within our ecosystem and, and have it be part of our brand. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we created all of that. The final on the SDK 
Um, that actually launches in three weeks. And there's been a lot of people that have been interested in that. Gotcha. So we're we're excited to roll that out because we've got a lot of requests from them, especially people we've known in the industry yeah. for a while. We said, guys, we hear you loud and clear. We're on it. We're building it yeah. right now. Right, awesome. right. So where would you send them to learn more if they, you know, regardless of who it is, if they want to learn more and they want to talk about partnering, where would they, where would you send them? You know, you can go to cryptobucks.com, uh, you know, check out the site, everything payments and, and crypto as far as you're interested there. You know, general knowledge, cointelegraph.com has really, really good general knowledge. You know, try to stay away from, you know, some of the traditional type media outlets. I mean, you get a lot of clickbait there, not accurate information. Um, coin cointelegraph.com has got really, really good information, straightforward information. They have a university there. They've got crypto 101, blockchain 101, NFT 101. So I think those are really good sources for true information. Um, and then if they, and, want, if they want to resell crypto bucks, they would just go to cryptobucks.com and there's some, yeah, they can go to cryptobucks.com and, okay. um, cryptobucksapp.com and go ahead and just fill out one of the demo requests there. And okay. then we'll do a full demo, find out what are you interested in, get you pricing agreements, so on and so forth. Uh, we are developing an exchange as well right now. So the exchange is probably about 40% done. And we will be launching, which is a consumer-ended product, right? right but also right. the merchants will have the ability of buying and selling crypto. And we will launch that at Bitcoin 2022 here in Miami, uh, April 4th. Awesome. That's great. Well, great. Eric, I think I could speak for our entire audience in saying this was a very interesting conversation. And I hope. Yeah, that, it's uh, a lot of fun. It's good to chat. Yeah, it's good to see that like everybody's starting to get involved. I think we have our, our first ETA technology call later today. So oh, nice. um, we're seeing a lot of interest in yeah. it. And, and I'm really happy to see because, uh, you know, I had a lot of people that tell me it was smoke and mirrors and i was crazy right. for doing it you're oh, insane sure. yeah don't yeah doing this. you're wasting yeah. your money you know yeah um, so i'm really happy to see that yeah. everybody's getting involved in their interest it makes it. it a lot of fun for us too awesome well eric thanks again so much for your time really appreciate it yeah really appreciate yeah. it learned a lot thank you eric yeah uh, absolutely it's my pleasure y'all have a great day you too So, Patty, uh, I want to take a second to just talk about our the new Merchant Sales Insight Edition that's coming out. Uh, it's actually out right now as you're listening to this um, on dominating B2B payments in 2022. Patty, I know you worked on this ebook. I worked on this ebook, except Blue, uh, our sponsor, worked on this ebook. Um, where you can go if you want to get that, it's totally free. Um, we've changed things up a bit with this. You don't even have to provide any information, no email address, no name, nothing. If you go to ccsalespro.com, slash accept blue all one word so cc slash accept blue all lowercase all one word it will take you directly to the file the pdf file of the merchant sales insight edition really well done lots of information patty pitched in and gave a lot of stats in there um, i pitched in and talked about sales tactics except blue gave us information about how to use the technology here so if you want to really sell b2b payments go to ccsalespro.com slash accept blue all lowercase all one word it will take you directly to the file with no contact information required and even if you don't want to sell b2b read this ebook and you will <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i uh, love it good stuff This is Questions from the Field, brought to you by ccsalespro.com, the leader in merchant sales training and technology. If you're an individual merchant sales professional, 
visit ccsalespro.com forward slash training to get a free 14-day trial of our all-access pass. If you manage a team of merchant sales professionals, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash ISO to learn how we can help you grow. And now, here is Questions from the Field with James Shepard. So, Patty, I really loved our interview today with Eric about crypto uh, yeah. acceptance. Um, obviously, we got into the weeds a lot in the interview, which is what we wanted. We wanted an expert. Clearly, Eric is a crypto expert. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, many in our audience are not. So I wanted to talk a little bit, just a high level, about accepting cryptocurrency, right? Why am I bullish on this? So I want to clarify a couple things. Number one, I don't feel 100% certain that cryptocurrency is going to become... 30% of all the transactions over the next even 10 years. I have no idea if that's going to happen. It could happen. Um, it could It could not happen. It could be 2%. I have no idea. But I really don't care relative to should you sell crypto acceptance to your merchants. And Eric really touched on a lot of this stuff, but I want to kind of simplify some of it. You know, the reason I believe you should sell crypto acceptance, I want to be clear about that. I think you should sell crypto acceptance to your merchants, to your pizza shops to your restaurant clients, to your retail stores, um, obviously to your e-commerce, but there's several reasons why I think you should. The number one reason is that it's sexy. It's it's awesome, it's hot, it's exciting. Right. And when you're selling payment processing, which is like the most boring thing ever, you wanna look for things that are sexy, things that are cool, things that are a hot topic. That's what you wanna sell, right? Right. right. And you can't get any better than crypto acceptance for this. Right. Now, does that mean every business owner is gonna think, this is a great idea. No, and this is really important. Many of you need to be very cautious because unlike Eric, who's running crypto bucks, you are selling payment processing, many of you in a rural market or a small area. And if you go out there saying you believe cryptocurrency is the next dollar, okay, many business owners are going to laugh you out of the, out of the right. store and they're going to say you're an idiot. Okay. Right. Now, maybe they're right. Maybe they're wrong. We don't know yet. But the key is that's not why they should accept crypto. The reason you need to pitch it to business owners is because, as Eric said, consumers are really freakishly passionate, many of them, about cryptocurrency, okay? So when you talk about this, they need to understand, look, you know, in, in our rural market out here, Susan, there are thousands of consumers who are nuts about cryptocurrency. Yeah. Now, you may think they're stupid. You may think they're smart. I don't care but they have literally thousands of dollars in cryptocurrency in a digital wallet on their phone. And they would think it was the coolest thing ever, like going to an amusement park, if they actually found a place where they could buy their pizza using their cryptocurrency. Yes. Like they would think that was fantastic. You know, right. is there a college in your town? Every one of those college students would think it was the coolest thing to go buy their bicycle using cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. It's cool. It's for the younger demographic mostly. They love it. Even, you know, getting into middle age, older demographics are starting to get into it. But they're disproportionately younger demographics. People are passionate about cryptocurrency. And so they think it would be awesome to spend it. So why wouldn't you accept it? You know, just as an aside, James, yeah. we've talked about the fact that I live in a rural area. And yeah. uh, the other day I uh, was at a convenience store. Yeah. And I just happened to be getting something that was right next to the ATM. And I noticed that the ATM dispensed crypto. Yeah. Isn't that crazy. And I'm like, really? In this like little rural pocket, yeah. you have crazy. a crypto ATM, yeah. but yeah. it goes to what you're saying. You yeah, know, there's obviously was demand for it. 
Yeah, it's one of those things where even though maybe it's a small percentage, you know, there, there may only be 3% of the consumers in your area who are really passionate about crypto, but they're really passionate about it. Right. And right. if you are one of the only businesses right now that accepts crypto, that 3% is hundreds and hundreds of people who are going to come eat at your restaurant just so they get the pleasure of using their crypto. Yep. So you need to do that and you need to promote it. The value of crypto is in the PR. And so whether yes. it's for you as a as an ISO, as an agent saying, we accept crypto, that's cool. That's PR. Again, like Eric said, you, you want to get publicity? Call up your local paper and let them know that you are allowing businesses in the local community to accept cryptocurrency. Right. Watch how quickly they return your email or your call and do a featured story on the front page of the local newspaper about mm -hmm. your payment processing company. Yep. Right? I Go agree. to a small business Facebook group and post, uh, you know, something about, do you believe businesses in our community should accept crypto? Here are my thoughts. See how many comments you get. This is a conversation starter. This is the ultimate conversation starter right now in payments. So again, people are going to agree. They're going to disagree. But like, this is what you want to be talking about in 2022 if you really want to grab their attention. Um, and then my other thing I want to talk about. So, so again, you know, you want to go to business owners now with the idea that you, you know, it's like politics or religion at this point, really. Mm -hmm. You don't want to go in there and say, I believe Bitcoin is going to make the dollar irrelevant. Right, right. That's like right. going in and saying, I'm a Republican and I don't want to sell anybody that disagrees with me. Right. <laughs> don't do that. That's stupid. That's like, stupid, right. Whether you believe it or not, it's not a good idea in Keep sales. Keep your beliefs to, to yourself. <laughs> yes. And in this case, this is a hot topic, meaning negative and positive. A lot of business owners literally think cryptocurrency is the dumbest thing they've ever heard of. Right. So to them, they should still accept crypto. Take advantage of all these people you think are stupid that want to come spend their stupid currency stupid in your money. business. Accept right. it, right? Now, again, as Eric said, though, taking away the volatility. So you're accepting the, you're not accepting cryptocurrency. You're accepting the value of cryptocurrency in the moment. Right. And you're not going to hold this cryptocurrency. It's just going to be US dollars to you instantly. We, right. you know, our crypto box or your company, however you want to position it, you know, we handle all the volatility for you. You pay us, you know, whatever it is, some percentage. We take care of all that, and the percentage is generally less than accepting regular payments anyway. So it's like all these people are really passionate about it. You can get a bunch of free publicity, whether you're a merchant or the business owner. They can call the local paper, too, and say, why did they choose to accept crypto? You know, So free publicity is out there. Customers are out there that want to spend money. The cost is going to be generally at or less than accepting credit and debit cards. What are they waiting for? Why wouldn't they accept cryptocurrency? So that's for those businesses. Then I do want to mention for just a second, as we see the shift going towards um, card not present, um, agents and ISOs that are starting to focus on the card not present world. Right. Well, cryptocurrency, this is, this is huge. This is what you mm -hmm. want to talk about because they, most of them actually are a little bit more bullish on cryptocurrency. As Eric alluded to, they're more tech savvy. They're going to be more about it, right? So right. for all of these reasons, I really think that if you're selling payment processing today, it's a great idea to think about accepting crypto. Let people like Eric deal with all the complexity and all the volatility and all of that, moving right. the money and trading and all, you know, you just go out there and say, hey, you can accept cryptocurrency from all these people, whether you think that they're stupid or smart, doesn't matter to me. They have cryptocurrency and they want to spend and it. And I want to spend it. If you yeah. want to get some of it, accept cryptocurrency, you're not going to get a ton of payments, but that's, you're not going to pay for them very much unless you get them. So who cares? So right. why would you refuse that $200 transaction a couple times a month 
it's there. You know, why don't you go get it? So right. I think crypto acceptance, that's why I'm so bullish on it. Um, I'm still doing my homework and thinking more about what I think about crypto. Right. Um, and I, you know, Eric has done all this homework and has that expertise. I don't. Um, I've done, a, you know, I've read three or four books on it. I've watched a bunch of videos. As I mentioned in the interview, I, uh, last week I did a, a JavaScript. I coded my own cryptocurrency, not, not actually something I'm going to launch, but you know, a, a general right. concept of it. Just to know how it is, right? I want to understand the blockchain, how it works. So I've got a, a passing understanding and I still don't think at that level of research, I still don't think I have any idea how it's going to play out, but I do feel very strongly that right now is the time to go ahead and offer crypto acceptance to merchants, frankly, because you got nothing to lose and right. it's a great time to get the free publicity. So excellent. That's yep. my thoughts. Good stuff. Thanks, James. This is the Insider's Report with Patty Murphy, brought to you by The Green Sheet. For nearly 40 years, The Green Sheet has been the go-to source for news, analysis, and educational tools that empower and connect payments professionals. If you're not reading The Green Sheet already, check it out on the web today at www.greensheet.com. Well, you know, James, a few weeks ago, you predicted that uh, 2022 would be the year of B2B payments. Yes. And uh, I just want to let you know that you're not alone. Well, uh, the it online <laughs> news source Payments Dive just published a really interesting article. It's entitled, B2B Payments Can Be a Pain. Here's why 2022 might be the year that changes. I remember you sent me this article, I think. I sent you this article. Yeah, I, I really, really article. wanted to share it with everybody because yeah, I thought it would be it was a really good. Yeah. really good idea. And I just kind of distilled some of what they said. Um, it didn't necessarily discuss par card payments per se, um, but it had some interesting insights I think are applicable to our audience as well. Um, as the article notes, the COVID-19 pandemic pushed the fast forward button on payments innovation in a B2B space, forcing greater reliance on technology after businesses found themselves without access to their mail during lockdown and their workforces became distributed. This was one of the opinions expressed by Erica Bauman, who's a director of commercial um, banking and payments at uh, Ate Novarica Group, which used to be Ate Group. Um, I've used okay. them a lot on this, uh, cited them a lot on this podcast. <coughs> they also had a really interesting prediction on the worldwide B2B market opportunity. Um, they, According to Goldman Sachs forecasts, uh, it's expected to stretch to $200 trillion in payments volume by 2028. So what's wow. that, like six years number. from now, it'll, it'll, it'll increase probably three or fourfold. Yeah. Because, the, the, you know, looking at today, I think we're talking about 34 billion or 34 trillion rather. Yeah. So, um, you know, what's become expected in business to business, business to consumer payments has, has driven the changes in B2B payments and with the big focus being on speed, as Bauman put it. Quote, we have become programmed as individuals and consumers to know that payments can happen faster and more efficiently. And so now we desire that in the business world, we get that as well. Yeah, um, sure. And, and as she, you know, as the uh, the article author and Bauman um, observed, companies are going to look beyond the automated clearinghouse mm -hmm. and wire transfer and checks to look for new, uh, newer alternatives like digital wallets and cryptocurrencies, which kind of goes along with our interview today. Yeah. Um, you know, on both the send and receive side of the business, quote, it all comes down to automation. 
um, and uh, and and also because that is less uh, more cost efficient and less prone to error. She added that she expects the uh, B2B space will see, quote, a rash of new solutions in 2022, both from banks and fintech providers, including new cross-border um, payment apps. You know, as companies digitize and automate, one of the biggest benefits relative to older manual processes is the ability to filter the data and use it for more accurate forecasting. You know, many elements of legacy processes lack that visibility and the shift to these modern payment platforms provides businesses with valuable data and insights. I think that can be said not only for, uh, you know, things like real-time payments, which we've discussed in the past and which this article discusses, but in terms of card payments, because you can carry that data. You yeah. know, they need, they, they, you know, one of the hardest things that I've always discovered, and I've done a lot of writing in the B2B space, one of the hardest things that, um, for the people on the receiving end is um, automation. How do they, they get a check and then they get an invoice separate and you know they have these clerks in the back shop that are you know trying to match right. all these checks to all these invoices. Right. And if you can do that on an automated day, and the same for ACH, because yeah. ACH doesn't carry all that data. Right. So if you can you know come up with something that carries the payments and the data um, you know, the tags with it, you're going to have a winning proposition. Yeah. And you know, it's been so interesting, Patty, the last year or so since, uh, my wife and I bought a new, um, home mm-hmm. and, you know, it's been interesting. I mean, it's not B2B payments technically, right? but I think you could kind of broaden the B2B conversation. Really. It's more about large payments. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, right. And it's just been so interesting and been such a, an interesting nightmare to go through I bet. of, of making all of these payments. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's been just, it's been terrible. It's been just absolutely terrible. Meaning, you know, we had to get our, our, uh, our furniture placed, our central air, and this is a big house. So these are over $10,000 Major projects, yeah. right? And then it's like, you know, we had to get the pools, but stuff redone with the pool. And we, you know, so we've made, you know, a series of 10,000 plus type payments and you know, I mean, I guess it hasn't been that bad for me as the consumer per se. It's been a little bit annoying, but I feel like for the businesses, it's just been horrible. I'm like, what, what in the world? I mean, s- several of them I've, I've reached out and said like, don't I owe you like $15,000? Like, are you going to send me something? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's like, oh yeah, here, we'll send you an invoice. And I'm like, well, how do you, like, I could pay right now. Do you want to take, like, what do you want to do? Well, no, we don't take payment that way. And it's like, Oh my goodness, like forget about it. I'll pay it when I get a chance. It's just so annoying. Oh, amazing. I had the same experience, James. I replaced my furnace this year, last year, and I sat around for two weeks. Yeah. And finally, I called them and said, Don't I owe you a bunch of money for this furnace? Oh, yeah, we'll send you an invoice. I said, Can you email it to me? No, we don't do it that way. Right. And they mailed it out. You know, you're they like, mailed me an invoice in okay. today's, you know, and I live, you know, in snow country, right? Right. <laughs> And then they wanted me to mail them a check back. Yeah. I'm like, do you have any idea what this is doing to your cash flow? Right. And it's like, it's just, it's like crazy because it's just like, we're not set up to do that anymore. I mean, I am personally, my financial structure as an individual, as like a family is not set up to send people $15,000 checks anymore. Right. I don't, I don't even know what, what I'm supposed to like move money to one account. And I'm supposed to keep track of like these three checks that are out totaling whatever. And it's like, 
I have plenty of money, but it's this is annoying. It's like, yeah. no, I just want to pay this. Like, send me an invoice with a link I can click. Give me an ACH option. You know, do something. You know, something. this something's got to be better than this, right? Yes, um, I agree. And and so I think it's been interesting for me to kind of see the other side, the consumer side of it, and then see these businesses and the way that they're transacting. So, um, one last one I'll give this a really interesting company to look at is Paysail, P A Y S A I L, um, bringing these topics together. You know, B two B crypto, right? And you know, it's a startup, it's a new company, but it's you know, it's interesting. I I personally think that. Crypto bucks and companies like that are, are definitely going to win this particular race because, you know, why do you need it to be that specific to, to B2B? But it is right. interesting when you look at, you know, this big opportunity and there are a lot of people talking about how do we make this better? How do we figure this out? And so, yeah, I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how these different trends come together over the next year, both in terms of, you know, regulation, crypto, B2B, like all these things are- Adoption, like, all that stuff, yeah. It's, it's all, and, and even the concept of consumers paying the fee. Right. Um, all of these things I feel like are, are kind of coming together to, to make some really interesting uh, opportunities for our audience. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Whether you are an industry veteran, processing executive, or just trying to learn about the payment space, we appreciate your time. The Merchant Sales Podcast is a joint production of Greensheet.com and CCSalesPro.com. And we hope you will tune in next week for more information and tips on building your merchant services business.